And we are back on the Yeah Coach podcast where we encourage you to take action in life through the testimonies of others. And I have a good friend with me here today. I've known her for the past couple of months since I've been a coach and an instructor at Orange Theory. Didn't realize that I may have seen her at the YMCA when I was there. Um, she has her associate's degree. She got her associate's degree in nursing um, over third, 20, 30 years ago now. I got her bachelor's last year. She's... Uh, now she's, how do you say it? Certified in obstetrics. Certified in obstetrics. Um, and she's been in the group fitness industry for about 30, 27 years now, almost 30 years. But she's been coaching it and been in the actual business business for the past 12. I welcome the coach, Renee. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. Nice how are afternoon. you? Doing well, doing well. I'm always used to saying this morning. It's, it's <laughs> afternoon now. <laughs> yes, it is. Um. How's your day been so far? Like good, good. I know you work night shift nursing, right? Uh-huh. So you recently woke up. Yep, about an hour and a half ago. Okay, so here's the here's the big question <laughs> I ask everybody, which you may have heard from the previous podcast. <laughs> but what did you eat for breakfast this morning? Well, Depending so that's a on your question morning. because that's not the same for me. Okay. Because like I went home this morning and I drank a protein drink on the way home because I don't want a full stomach before I go to bed, mm-hmm. so I drink like some protein and take a nap. I got four hours of sleep. Now I did get up and have some scrambled eggs and half of a bagel. So that'll get me through until after I teach my class tonight. And then I'll have dinner later on. So okay. yeah. normal breakfast, though, I'm like scrambled eggs and oatmeal. That's that's my go-to like every day when I'm awake during the day, like a normal person. <laughs> scrambled eggs and oatmeal. Is yep. there any, any pizzazz to the oatmeal or the scrambled eggs? Or just uh, pretty plain? Sometimes I throw in some pecans mm-hmm. in my oatmeal. And I usually put in like a tablespoon of brown sugar. I need just a bit of flavor yeah i'm a southern girl i gotta i gotta have a little bit of a little bit of flavor to my oatmeal understood understood have you always been like pretty consistent with your breakfast oh yeah um growing up like i'm from mississippi so growing up in the deep south breakfast is the thing like you eat breakfast every morning it's the most important meal of the day and that was one of the things we always had grits or oatmeal scrambled eggs there was always toast of course, also in Mississippi, there was also lots of bacon. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. I love grits. That's probably one of my favorite yeah. things to eat. Love you it. can mess it up pretty easily, though. You can. No, uh, you cannot. Grits I think, are basic. I think you can. I've seen. So I went to Waffle House. And I, and I was Waffle House. But I went to Waffle House one time. And I usually put salt in my grits. Like, is that something you do? Yes. Who doesn't? Yeah. I went one time with a friend. And she put sugar in her grits, yeah. No. I, I was no, 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 yep. no, no. I had the same reaction you did, but I had to try it, and it wasn't bad. But I'm not gonna have that much sugar on a daily basis with my grits. It just no. it doesn't beat the butter, the salt, and the, yeah. the even the instant grits are really, really good. Crumble but, up some bacon inside of it. Well, I haven't tried that. I have. People have told me to put eggs in it, scrambled my eggs. My dad did that growing up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Southern, telling you, Mississippi girl, born and bred. So, with, with that being said, then, how how important is breakfast in a general sense for you and for others? Like how? Oh, I feel like it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Like that is what gets your brain and your body going. Mm-hmm. Like I don't feel like anybody should ever skip breakfast. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people believe in the intermittent fasting and skipping a you know don't eat until such and such a time, and I'm like. You have to get up. You have to fuel your body. If you don't fuel your body, you're not going to be successful in whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, 
if you want to go get a really good long endurance run in, you have to fuel your body. You can't just like go and, you know, go 10 miles on an empty stomach. That's just, it's not, it's just not feasible. So I feel like that's something like, I, even with my kids, you need to eat breakfast. Even if it's something light, put something on your stomach. You made that a habit growing up? Oh yeah, always. I was also the one that was out of bed at six o'clock, eating breakfast at six thirty before I went to, you know, school at eight. So, I'm very regimented mm -hmm. when I was growing up, and even until you know, even now, still very regimented on the times that mm -hmm. I know that I'm going to be awake. Like I have specific things that I do and specific things that I eat and times that I eat. Yeah, I'm you're, a little, I'm a little controlling. You're a very scheduled person, though, yeah. right? It's been more yeah. rewarding than it's been. Yeah. Okay. Very scheduled. How? What was that question? Where did that come from? Like, how did you set that standard for yourself? Like, and it, I'm assuming it came from childhood, from always having breakfast or being in a routine from your experiences growing up. Like, where did that, that need to always be on a schedule come from? Um, I think it's just innate for mm -hmm. me, honestly. I don't, I was never made to be that way. But something me in me, like when I was growing up, if I had things that had to get done, I always looked ahead. I planned ahead. I made sure that things were completed on time. Like I had specific things that I knew that had to get done, and that was just me. Mm -hmm. I was never made to be that way. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know, I like control. Mm -hmm. And I like to know what's going to happen. And so when I look at things and look for the days and know what's coming at me, I feel better. Mm -hmm. Like, and I know I, there's always something that's going to go awry, and that's okay. But, you know, growing up, I lived in a very small town. There wasn't a whole lot of people, 3,000 people in my small town what growing your, up. What was your small town? Newton, Mississippi. Newton, Mississippi. Yeah, very tiny town. But I don't know. It's just something that was innate in me. I don't, nobody ever said, hey, you have to do this. You have to be this, like this. That was just me. Mm -hmm. My sister, total opposite. I don't know. I don't know where it came from. My, my parents weren't like that. I mean, mom was a stay-at-home mom for many years of my life. My dad worked for the power company. And he always was, you know, 8 to 5, Monday through Friday. Neither of them had college degrees. I, I don't know. It was just me. It was kind of fit to your personality. Yeah, yeah. Mm. it did. Do you have any influences? Like, if, I, if you had to pinpoint... One of the biggest influences in your life, in your childhood, whether that be something from raising kids or being a child, what would be the biggest contribution to your character today? Ooh. Okay, let's not go childhood. Okay. Let's go high school. So I was a band geek. Mm -hmm. Flute, piccolo, color guard, you know, the whole gamut. Um, loved it. That being said, in my small town, it was not, you know, people didn't look at you in the way that they did your cheerleaders and the football players. And I didn't grow up with a lot of money. Like, I remember people buying things and my mom would buy it for me. She's like, wow, that's a lot of money. And it's looking back on it now, you know, I, I appreciate what my parents tried to do for me and I love them for that. But I was not very well... I'm not going to say well-liked, but I wasn't part of the cliques kind of thing. And so um, I was also a nerd. 
I loved to read. I loved math and science. That was my thing. And so my junior year of high school, I was taking chemistry and advanced physics. Loved it. Loved it. Thrived in it. And Advanced chemistry? Yeah. And so Gloria Clark was my chemistry teacher that year. We'll never forget her. Um, she worked with me. She taught me. She encouraged me. She's like, you know that you can do this. Like, you are good at this. So why don't you just, like, help people? And so I was tutoring people, like, on the side for chemistry. And I love that. And I won the chemistry award that year. And that, to me, spoke volumes. Because for the first time in my life, I wasn't this nobody. Like, she recognized my potential and pushed me to do more. Mm. And I loved her for that. You know, I've had a lot of people along the way. I mean, like I said, I'm almost 50. So I've had a lot of people that encouraged me, but she was one of the ones that really just kicked me and said, you can do this, and I know you can do this. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how much of an impact our teachers, like, make on us. I, I have similar stories to tell like that where my teacher would, like, really show me what I'm capable of and the recognition for what I'm able to do. Instead of just because I wasn't the best student, um, I never, I, I wasn't, I wasn't the Renee of the classroom. I was the, <laughs> I was more of a class clown and would would cheat on a lot of my stuff. Um, but it's not who I am today. And teachers that I had that knew that about me back then helped me realize that. But I still didn't realize it in that moment. But now I can still go back to those teachers today, and they would let me shadow that class. They let me. They let me, I don't, they, they're just open to still letting me help. Because I remember at one point when I wanted to learn more about the, the generational challenges that each generation has going through adolescence and school, I wanted to shadow um, Bryan Station High School classrooms to yeah. see kind of what they went through. And they were like, I'm all up for it, but you have to ask, you have to go through the, the, the correct route to do that, and get signed up and register and all that. And... Um, I didn't end up doing it going all the way through because we had planned on moving to Florida, but um, that was a good experience. Yeah. It was a good I really enjoyed knowing that my teachers, they really enjoyed it because some teachers, they don't like these students. They, they don't. And not saying that they shouldn't like them, but like, I, I've had some pretty rough teachers before. Um, you may have experienced rough teachers with having kids mm -hmm. um, that are there just to get that paycheck. And to make sure that their average keeps them on payroll right. um, for their test scores, and that's it. But wow. Yeah. Um, so your experience with that. What would you say? Let's see what's that next one. All right, I have a little bit of a brain teaser, which you may have already heard. Um, I'm going to try to throw it a little, little bit different. Would you say, are you, are you who you are because of what you do? Or do you do what you do because of who you are? Oh, that's easy. I do what I do because of who I am. Why is that? I, all my life, I have been the one that wanted to care for everybody. Mm -hmm. Like, I wanted to take care of other people, always. And I think that's where, you know, being in the medical field started. Um... Like, that was just my thing. Like, I wanted to help other people. And whether it was being, working with my open heart patients, 
are now being in obstetrics for the last 18 years. Like, I want to help people. And then when I got into group fitness, you know, I saw what it was doing for me and I wanted other people to feel that too. Like, I wanted other people to feel accepted and encouraged and motivated and felt like they could do things. Like, I wanted to help them on their journey, realizing mm -hmm. that I was still on mine, you know? And that's the big thing. Like, people don't understand, like, you can help people and still be on your own journey too. I feel like so many people think that you have to be at this certain point before you can start, and you really you really don't. Like, you know what you know, and you help others, and they can help others, you know, past that. I mean, that's kind of the way I look at things. I just like to help people in every shape, form, and fashion. Yeah. So I do what I do because of who I am, because that is me. That is me. That, that helping other people is... Is what I do. Wow. Always. Interesting. Where do you think that came from? Probably being raised by amazing parents who said you can do whatever you want to do. Find your joy. Find your passion. And work with it. I really like that statement, but there's been a lot of criticism on that statement these past couple of years on work. If you find a job you love, you'll never have to work a day in your life. Right. Um, what does that mean for you? Like what? Because a lot of time people are like, oh, that's not true at all because you can still go into work and hate it and you're just doing it for that money. But you, you make it sound all good like it's what you want to do, but you would rather be sitting on a beach. Who wouldn't want to be sitting on a beach? Honestly, I mean, who doesn't want to be independently wealthy and have a house, you know, on Long Island and in the Hamptons and sit out there on the beach when the weather's changing and the fall's coming and you see all the leaves? Who doesn't want that? It's not realistic for most people. And I think that's where people get so caught up in the you do what you love, you'll never have to work a day in your life kind of thing. I do what I love. I truly do. You are a testimony to that. I truly do. I love working with women delivering babies. I love teaching group fitness. It's fun to me. It's, it's something that gives me, what's the word I'm looking for? It makes me feel good. You know, when somebody says, you know, I couldn't have done that without you. Like, I couldn't have made it through that delivery without you. Like, you helped me so much. Or they come into my group fitness class, you delivered my baby, like two years ago. And you see them again. And then you see people on a fitness journey and you work with them throughout that. And you encourage them it's just, it just makes you feel good. And I think that's where people say, you know, if you go to a job and you say you love it, but you really don't, and you're doing it for the money, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Really and truly, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. I, there's something to be said for having the money. That's great. Money is great. Money makes the world go round. But in the grand scheme of life, do you really want to be that unhappy 
and just portray something? No, I, I think that so many people choose to not be their real self and, and say, okay, this is it. Like, I, I hate what I do, but we're going to pretend like I love it and everything's going to be great. But it's not always that great for people. And I think people need to be more realistic with themselves. And if they were, they'd say, let me find something that makes me happy. And you don't have to stop one thing to start another. That's what a lot of people don't realize, too. You don't just have to say, okay, I'm going to quit this area, this job, this whatever, and go do this because this makes me happy, but it doesn't make me money. There's a balance, and you kind of have to work that out and realize, you know, I was full-time for a very long time at the hospital. Got into group fitness. And, you know, in group fitness, it's pricey. It costs to get into it. It costs to maintain. Um, <clears throat> and so if you don't have a large sum of money that's just you know thrown in your back pocket somewhere that you can pull from it takes a little bit of a balance and so it was a long time of many 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 nights working and taking extra money and then putting it over here and then finding a balance of working part-time at the hospital and then you know part-time doing group fitness two things what i love so whoa I could ramble for a really long time about no, you're that. Fine. I could listen but I'm for reeling a long that time. in. Wow. So understanding there's a balance, but there's not there's not a balance within doing what you love and doing what you don't love. So you can there's not a balance from working all week, making good money at something you don't love, and then you get to go have fun on the weekend doing what you enjoy. It's you do what you enjoy every day while pursuing something else that you also enjoy. Yes. And slowly shift to yeah. balance. And if even if you didn't want to shift, you want to do 75-25 instead of 50-50, you still have that opportunity to do that. But yeah, exactly. Wow. Exactly. And you're right. A lot, not a lot of people understand that. They don't, they don't understand they should enjoy what they do because I, I like, this is what I've like attached to my character a lot, is that you don't do a job or you not, don't start a career necessarily, every single career, because you enjoy it. You do it because of the person that's going to make you into. Mm -hmm. It's the characters that's going to build you up. The, the characteristics that are going to add to you and who you are. Not just your resume, yeah. but who you are as a person. And you have to start somewhere. Right. Like, you may not love everything you do, but when you find it, you make it work. I think it's also, I think it's like our kids. Uh, it's probably one of the first people I can actually say it to. I think I've said it on a previous podcast. Um, but they didn't have kids. But I think it was with Coach Cam. But um, you still love your kids the days you don't like your kids. Oh, yeah. But you still but you still <laughs> do it for them. You're still there for them oh, and what they're going to be. And the person's going to make you into by being a parent as well. Yeah. Knowing how to care for someone. Wow, that... And you still make mistakes. Yeah. And that's another thing, you know, having kids. <laughs> I mean, minor. <laughs> They're not mistakes. Adult They're not and mistakes. teenager. No, but like you make mistakes as parents. You make mistakes in life. You make mistakes in your job. You make mistakes in group fitness. You make mistakes. You, I mean, that's part of life. And it's like when you realize that you made a mistake and you're like, huh, okay, backtrack, plan B, try something else, you know, and that's just, yeah, part of it.
with that being said then what would you suggest to someone that has no idea what they want to do and how to get there what next steps should they take to try to figure out what they love to do and to do it for the rest of their lives oh, oh, oh. wow that's assuming there's only one step to take think about it for a little bit there's no rush on it I feel like a lot of times these days, and, and this is coming from somebody who was a good bit older, grew up in different generations than a lot of people, you know, like you and, you know, because I'm twice your age. Um, <laughs> so many times these days, people don't get out. Everything is computer-based, online people have trouble finding their passion because everything they see, they want to do. Too many options. Too many options. Because you see everybody on Instagram and everybody on Facebook and TikTok and Twitter and everybody has these amazing lives and all these things they do. And then you're like, hmm, which one of those should I do? Which one of those should I try and so people have a hard time finding their passion. When I was growing up, I loved medicine. I just, I was thrilled by it. And I went to the hospital, spent a day in the lab with a cytotechnologist because I thought that I wanted to work in a lab for a while. And, but people don't do that these days. They just look at something and go, oh, that sounds good. Or that's going to make me money. There's where I'm going to get the money. That's where I'm going to get the life because if I had the money, I'll have the life that I want. Not realizing that all of that money comes with a price. It comes with a price of giving up your life and your time working that 8 to 5 Monday through Friday nonstop to try to relax on the weekends just to go, oh, my God, it's Monday again. You know, I think the biggest thing is for people to look outside of social media Look at your friends and realize that there's a passion inside of you somewhere that you don't have to do what other people are doing. You don't have to follow the track of like all your buddies that are going to college and everybody's going to this specific college because they're going to get to this fraternity because they're going to do this job later on. Like you have to hone in on yourself and make something of yourself and not of everybody else. And then once you find that, you find that passion, that's the direction you go. So trial and error and trying new things? Yes. I so it's not a quick thing. It's something no, that's going to take time. No, it is not a quick thing. <clears throat> and I think that so many kids these days think that they're going to, you know, we're going to graduate high school, we're going to go to college for four years, and we're going to get out, we're going to have a job. That doesn't really work that way. It really doesn't. You have to fill things out, but don't base everything on social media and what you see. Because those people who have those big social media influences have worked really hard to get where they are. It's not that they were an overnight success. And I think so many people these days don't, they don't want to take the time. They want that instant gratification kind of thing. So I struggle with that, having kids and watching them and trying to push them in the direction of find a passion. What makes you happy? You know, my older son is very much an artist. He loves to draw. Will not do that for a living because he doesn't like to let that out there. But in the event that he did, he could make money with it. 
but he chooses other things, and that's fine. And one day that, patient, that passion may take him down a road for art. But, you know, I kind of got off on a tangent. Sorry. No, no, you're I, fine. I do that a lot. I do no, that a lot when I talk. You are fine. But, yeah. Huh. But taking that first step can just look like trying different things. Yeah. And understanding that you're not going to get it immediately. Yeah. But once you feel something, run with it. I like... I like the example you gave earlier when you said you decided you wanted to do it. You had an interest in it. And then you shadowed someone afterwards. Like you were in that office with them. Is that what you would refer? Yeah, yeah. I, I think doing that more frequently instead of just jumping straight into a field and then running with it, saying I'm not good, and then switching, um, you never really got into it, into it. You spent six, eight months, but did you actually go shadow someone that's been doing it for 20 years? that has their own practice, that has been doing things, like they, they're they gonna show you the life in that field as opposed to just the first little bit. Yeah. Cause it's gonna take time in any career that you start. Yeah. I mean, I didn't get into obstetrics. I didn't walk into that loving that. I, I had done open heart for years with open heart patients. And one day I said, you know what? I'm gonna change. And I shouted a day and I was like, that's a baby. That's amazing. Yeah. And so now 18 years later, like I found my niche. Like I loved hearts. I loved the complexity of how the heart works and how it pumps through your body. And I, it was amazing. I learned a lot. But moving on, I found my true passion. But you didn't, you wouldn't have found it if you didn't know. If I didn't, if you try. didn't try. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> The wisdom from yeah. Coach Renee. Oh my it's goodness! It's called I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> no, like they, there, there are people that are going to listen to this. They're going to be like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna try something." Like they could be listening to it right now. I'm gonna stop this podcast and I'm gonna try something right now. Yeah. I'm gonna go reach out to a friend. Like even like me being an Orange Theory coach, like I could be doing this to dabble and to get into fitness, but I can go see what it's like to be a gym owner or to go. There's a lot of different members. Or they have bigger businesses. Maybe I wanted to get into contracting or get into construction or getting to the nursing. I have, I have a network of people, but I wouldn't have had that if I wouldn't have tried to get around people like that as well. Because right. I know the, the, the type of members that we have. They're, they're in, I don't know how to explain it. I think being around people that are also going to open up doors for you and let you shadow them is a, is a good way to get into it as well. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Because sometimes you just networking, sometimes it's not doing anything. You just have no network. Yeah. Um, I think that's what helped me social media-wise as well, is posting everything. Every single day I, I wish for more and more likes and comments, but I don't always get that. Um, but I post a book for the consistency factor of it. Um, so we're, we're coming to the conclusion of the podcast. I have, I think I have one more like to, question to wrap it up. Okay. And that is very back onto the subject of that fitness, that group instructor, um, uh, the, uh, not degree, but field. What would you say to someone that's looking to either start their fitness journey and get into fitness and they just don't know where to start, whether it be classes or personal training, or someone that wants to get into the fitness industry and they want to take that first step. They don't know where to start as well. They're nervous. They don't, there's too many options. Like you said, <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing 
coming from me specifically is don't worry about other people. Don't worry what other people think about you. If you want to start it, walk in there, head held high, and do your thing. Because in the end, nobody really worries about what you're doing. And you can only really be responsible for what you choose to do. So when you decide that you want to get into group fitness, walk into a class. Stay in the back of the room. Modify every flipping move there is. But you're moving. And that's the biggest thing. You just have to move. And eventually, you get to where you can do the bigger moves. And you feel like you can move to the front of the class kind of thing. Does that make sense? No, like it does. you feel empowered when people are around you and they're doing the same things. And then years ago, Allison Perry, I'll never forget it, walked up to me and she's like, how much weight have you lost? And it was always one of me on the front row because I was the one doing the tuck jumps, you know, like a crazy person. And that's what it becomes. Like you, you take that step and then you, you find your group and you find that support. And, you know, when it comes down to it, everybody's worried about everything with fitness and you've got to look perfect and you've got to have the perfect clothes and you've got to eat right. And it's not right every day. It's not going to be perfect every day. You know, you're going to go to the gym, you're going to be tired, you're not going to want to work out, but then you're going to get with your group and you're going to work out and you're going to feel great. Um, some days you're going to go home and have a beer. Some days you're going to go home and drink a gallon of water. And just realize that those things with your fitness journey, they're not going to take you off. You just kind of have to, you know, it, it's fine. Like you, one bad day is not going to rock you off completely. You keep moving. You keep moving forward. You take your breaths. You eat right. You drink right. And realize that the only person that you can really rely on is yourself. Keep yourself motivated. Wow. Mm. So what I'm getting out of that is the incremental steps, not jumping into it, wanting to be perfect or expecting yourself to be perfect yeah. right off the bat, but taking that baby step, setting that goal, but setting the, the smaller incremental baby goals, the mile markers, like you're on a marathon, yeah. of just move, yeah. just take a step. Literally, just take a yeah. step. And then, and then, honestly, nobody, in the grand scheme of things, you don't realize it, but people around you aren't really paying as much attention to you as they are paying attention to themselves. And while you feel that intimidation, they're feeling it too, in a different way. And that was the hardest thing for me to learn. Like, it was not about me at 230 pounds walking into a gym feeling like I can't do anything and feeling intimidated because people were looking at me, but then realizing that, you know what, it's okay because I'm here to do better for myself. And you make that choice to do better for yourself and then you do it and then you realize that people are there and they're in the same capacity that you are. Because people get in your head, they get in their head. They, you know, we all feel like we have things that are wrong with our lives or wrong with our fitness journeys and that we don't look a specific way and we don't act a specific way and honestly it is just more of 
getting out of that mindset, doing what you can for yourself, don't worry about anybody else, make those baby steps, because those baby steps lead up to the big things mm-hmm. in the end. So, there's that. <coughs> what a story. I really, <laughs> have really, really enjoyed this. Thank you for your time. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. Thanks this for having is, me. This, is, this has been really good. Um, I think it's going to conclude this podcast session. But I know you've listened to it before. You know how <laughs> we have to end it. So, you say, yeah, coach, when you want... Uh, you're like you're saying a hell yeah, like you're yeah. boosting someone's morale, like you're encouraging someone to take that next step, like quite literally. So it's gonna, we can just take a little step back from the mic if we need because we'll get pretty loud. It's gonna be like a yeah, coach. Um, you ready for it? Yeah, sure. We'll do it on three. Bring it on. One, two, three. Yeah, yeah coach. And that's gonna wrap it up for today. Thank you all so much for coming or for listening. I'll see y'all next time. Have a good one.